Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast where we tackle your freelance challenges one episode at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I run a freelance Squarespace web design and training business called The Wheel Exists. My name is Michelle Pratt. Uh, I'm the owner of Dive Deeper Development, a personal uh, development training and coaching company. And on today's episode, we are talking about side projects. So whether you call it a side hustle or you describe yourself as a slash worker, um, which sounds really deadly, but actually it's sounds just, murderous. you know, yeah, <laughs> copywriter slash designer. Um, so it seems like really common for freelancers to have a bit on the side. So we're going to have a chat about how you can manage your side projects and make sure that they actually move forwards. And this came about because we had a session last week uh, where me and Michelle joined a group of um, a few other freelancers and we each brought a challenge that we were having and the group helped helped kind of provide some input, a bit of a sounding board and provide some suggestions of how to solve that challenge. So a bit like a mastermind if you've come across those. And it was really interesting that five out of the six of us brought the challenge of we want to move our side projects forward, we're feeling a bit stuck and we don't really know what to do. So we thought it would be a perfect topic for this episode. So Michelle, firstly let's start by looking at why we even have side projects why is it so common amongst freelancers and but but also if if you're if you're employed but you're doing a kind of side project on the side why do we do this yeah it's it's really interesting isn't it like you say katie five out of the six had it just about every freelancer i know has a side project or an area that they'd like to move into while they're still in the job that they're currently in and more often than not when I come across people who have their side projects I think it comes into a number of different categories I think one is like the the need to create something that perhaps doesn't exist yet so if um, there's something you want to create a product or a service you want to add in and you've got this brainwave this great idea then you don't want to down tools and do what you're doing at the moment but you might want to start to develop it while you're still doing the day-to-day job I think one of the other ones Katie is perhaps for people who want to to pivot or it makes me think of friends saying that what makes you want to pivot and move uh, change your career direction so if you've found yourself in a bit of a niche or with a certain type of clients or maybe now as things have changed you, you wanted to move in a different direction there um, I've spoken to quite a few people that now want to either niche or just to move their business into a into a different space a different discipline or perhaps a different industry and having a side project which establishes yourself and gets a foothold in that industry can be be really really great way to start without making just a you know a bold leap into the unknown so I think that's like, normally I find that people fall into one of those two camps I mean what about you you've you've speak to uh, a lot of freelancers in your freelance folk network what else do you, do you see I think like you were saying actually using it to test an idea that you've got that you maybe aren't planning on and kind of completely changing your full business to but you think that there's something there and doing it as a bit of a side project in maybe a sort of smaller version compared to just setting up a full business is a great way to work out if there is actually a demand for that idea and to test it out um I think it's a way to grow your network even if it's not something that you necessarily want to go into full time if you're establishing yourself as an expert in another field or if you're maybe 
deviating slightly from what you're currently doing it allows you to tap into a whole other section of people that might still want to use your existing services and I know that's something that for me is quite relevant like with with one of my side projects is that I think some of the people that would be interested in my side project could also be clients for my web design and training services and potentially also be involved with freelance folks so I think a lot of the time projects can naturally sort of dovetail because we choose the side projects that we'd like to work on a lot of the time based on our values and so naturally we then connect with other people who share those same values and so that's a great way to get yourself out there to more people. That's an interesting one that one isn't it it's like um, interest is just another one isn't it I mean it's not even that it could be a business but sometimes we're just really interested in stuff and I think people yes. that, that people who already run businesses suddenly I think they just got that kind of mindset so quite often they think oh I'm really interested in this oh could this be a business and sometimes it's not sometimes it's just a hobby but that seed that seed of thought is always growing I think yeah and I think some people do want to do it to give back and they don't ever plan to make any money out of it. And if they do make money out of it, it's incidental rather than part of the original plan. I think, you know, in general, if you're taking time to help people, people want to support you to do that. So, I mean, I found that with freelance folk is that, you know, I get people saying like, oh, there's a membership. Oh, I really want to become a member just to support you because it's a really good thing that you're doing. And so... I do think some of it is actually quite altruistic rather than business minded. But just like you said, it's that I guess if you've gone freelance already, you've kind of created something from nothing already. You've, you know, you've created your own job title, you've created your own business. So I think that creativity is something that doesn't just go away. And once for me, one of the reasons I do side projects actually is variety. So I find once I've got good at something and once, once I've kind of in a reasonably kind of, you know, reasonable sort of steady pattern with something, I have a craving for a new challenge. And so I think that is something else that people get from side projects is you're starting again, almost from scratch and it's scary, but it's quite exhilarating at the same time. So um, yeah, for me, that's, that's one of the, the, elements i think the final thing is also some people do it as a way to add things to their portfolio so for example um one of the people in our group was a graphic designer and she creates little side projects for herself and so that she's got something she can set herself a brief for and then she then works on on the creating a brand and a design for them and then even if nothing comes of it she's got an extra thing to add to her portfolio to showcase her range of skills so i think that's another potential um side project reason um so michelle which which side projects do you have have you got any that you're kind of happy to share about yeah i've got i've got a, got a few I've got about two or three and one of the things we discussed when we got the group together is which one to do first i mean for me it's just create some in some extent it's creating training products which i feel don't exist or aren't done particularly well yet so i i go into lots of different businesses and i see things that people perhaps could you really use some help with things like communicating across cultures or perhaps communicating uh, digitally or doing presentations or training digitally this kind of thing that just don't exist or aren't mainstream yet that I know people need help with so I've got a list of those things that I would like to help people in the modern workplace I've also got something physical I would like to create but I've never created a physical product before it's mostly services and consulting for me so toolkits to help people as well and um yeah just some 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 products helping people uh helping people turn their specialism into a workshop so lots of people once they're good at doing something want to teach others how to do 
it and I can do that uh, very easily over distance or face to face so things I think that people generally might need and people tell me that they need but when I'm actually doing that work myself it can be very tricky to um, <laughs> to, to, to find the time to provide that for others and that's that kind of that balance I think Katie you mentioned a couple of yours because you've got some interesting ones some quite sort of bit more closely related to to freelancing and Squarespace but some not so much you mentioned before as well yeah yeah so um so I guess freelance folk I still see as a side project even though it's quite established because it's not something that I particularly make any money off and it is something that kind of fights for fights for attention and love sometimes as well which I think is one of the reasons we're doing this episode is that we all recognize that when whenever you've got a bit of a crunch time or anything like that then the side projects always seem to be the first thing to go and actually there's sometimes the things that you need to make time for to be able to keep going so yeah freelance folk which is my you know my network for freelancers we do pop-up co-working sessions and i showcase a lot of other other people's side projects uh, to, that, that help freelancers to connect and feel less alone and that's been going for about five years now uh, my most recent one is actually it's 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 not even it doesn't even exist in the world yet but it's it's kind of coming together as a concrete idea in my mind and it's kind of a culmination of lots of different ideas that I had and I and originally they were going to be sort of five separate side projects and I thought that was probably too many and I was struggling to know where to start with them and so I've kind of brought everything together so it's going to be um, a kind of online magazine I'm saying in air quotes but it's going to be six articles every month about a range of topics that are distinct but connected so uh, talking about simple living and minimalism and how but also linking to how that applies to business but also talking about work and um, health especially mental health and sustainability and basically it's all the stuff I'm passionate about that doesn't quite fit into uh, one of the boxes that I already have so it's almost the kind of final bucket for the things I want to talk about but don't feel that I can talk about them in as much depth as I'd like to through my current projects and it's really for just people who want to live life a bit differently so it's really so it's a freelancers is one of the people that I do want to kind of reach out to but it's people who share my values as well and it's people who are interested in thinking a bit differently and who've maybe you know gone against the grain a little bit and um a bit like you one of your blog series you did michelle was called life by design and people who've really made conscious decisions to live life on their terms and so it'll be some posts from me and some guest posts so that's something i'm hoping to launch in the next couple of months and i'm just really excited to have this other outlet for all these ideas that have been brewing in my mind over the last four or five years so that's my main side project at yeah. the moment and you can kind of hear from the things that Katie and I are describing some perhaps very uh, work related some perhaps not so more, more tailored towards interest and so then that there's, there's this tension really how do we balance our time and energy between the two what was quite interesting hearing you describe that Katie was you're talking about the, those topics that interest you and actually you could hear the animation in your voice so it, on one hand we can say we don't have time for these things on the other hand they do give us our inspiration and our energy and I think that's really important important as well i do find that actually that um if i'm like i I need to have side projects so that i can tick that box because otherwise what happens is i start trying to mess around with my main business that doesn't really need messing around with like it it, you know it does need a a bit of a review so i'm going to be redoing my my main website um for the wheel exists as well at some point but 
so I'm rejigging how I offer my services, but most of it works and I don't need to, excuse the pun, reinvent the wheel because, <laughs> but, but when I, when I don't have a side project, it makes me try and break things with my other one. Like the other, like, you know, for the last couple of months I've been like, I think I need to rebrand. I think I need to change my business name. And I don't really think I do. I think I just wanted something new and something interesting that I could put some of my energy in to create from, from scratch again. So this other side project is gonna be hopefully a sort of a way for me to channel that rather than destroying my current business just yeah. for the sake of breaking it yeah. and building it up again. So. Yeah, Kate, that's a really good point because you, like I say, I mentioned before that people who know how to run a business get other business ideas and they can get quite itchy feet. And I had a friend that walked away from it. He wanted to be part of a million pound business and he walked away from a million pound business because of itchy feet, because he wanted new challenge, because he wanted, like you say, to break it down and start it up again. And I think that can be like that uncertainty, but that adrenaline can kind of be quite addictive. So I think it's a really good recognition that you had there that actually, no, my business is fine this desire to recreate or to tweak it comes from the need for variety to for that creative outlet as opposed to like you say that's very very different to needing to rebrand the business and I think sometimes people tinker with something that really works for them because because they don't recognize that that's what the need is so I think that's really really important but I do have a question on this so I've I've had it said to me you can't fight a battle on two fronts and I was told that quite early on in business I saw it repeated in a Facebook group, I mean, with some other trainers the other day. And so there's this idea that, yeah, you can't, um, it's all very well and good having a side business and a main business, but can you fight a battle on two two fronts? And I, instinctively, I want to say, yeah, of course you can. But the reality is quite different. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. I see what people are saying. I'm just not sure it works as an analogy. If you, I mean, firstly, the wording is pretty like, intense calling it a battle that already that already kind of puts a bit of a negative spin on something that I think can be really positive actually um and and I don't yeah I I think I understand the logic in that it's a sort of are your resources from one area being depleted by you focusing them on another area but I think for a lot of us what we get from side projects is stuff that we need and we're not getting from elsewhere and i think maybe the the skills and the energy we're putting into side projects are very different skills to what we're putting into our main business so i think it is possible to to kind of run them simultaneously and one can support the other and so if i was trying to kind of wrangle that analogy then i'd maybe say you know the the skills that the troops are learning in on one front allows them to be more effective on the other. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I'm just not sure it really works. Yeah, I mean, like you, I do try to stay away from military analogies in the, in the training room <laughs> or in coaching sessions. They can be seen as quite aggressive, but like you say, that that mindset actually can be quite limiting. You're right, Katie. It's not a battle. It it, it can It's not a a confrontation. It can actually be very complementary. So I think it's a, a good point. Um, also, I'm pretty sure every war in in history has been fought on multiple fronts i don't think anyone ever sent their troops out in just one direction um there were multiple strategies aligning to uh to the same thing but 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 there is this thing though isn't there and you're right i suppose it's to do with your concentration so i don't think you could fight a battle 
if you see it as a battle on two fronts, perhaps simultaneously. But I think what you could do is, as long, I think you have to, we've talked about batching your time before. And I think what you probably yeah. need to do is to ring fence your time so that you're only concentrating on one thing at a time when you're doing them. But I think to try to split between, straddle both at the same time is quite hard. But I think allocating time to, to maybe a couple of projects can work, provided that you, you, uh, focus on each one one at a time if that makes sense yeah yeah that does make sense yeah but, so you almost need to sort of keep, get set one up it's, it's that kind of to me it's that analogy of like winding up one of those little kind of you know there's wind up toys we wind it up and then you set it off and it goes for a little while so you kind of spend a bit of energy winding up one of your projects and it, off it goes and while it's moving forward you then wind up the other one i suppose it's similar to the spinning plates analogy um but i think that's probably more appropriate of yeah you can't you can't sort of wind them both up and set them off at the same time. But as long as you stagger it, it's okay. And as long as they feed into each other or you learn from one to the other, I think it's probably fine. Yeah, it's true. I've tried to do it. I've done two very, I've, I have actually run two very different businesses at the same time. It is possible, but in the end, I, I didn't really like one of them. So I got, I wound it up and I was pretty fed up of it actually. Um, well, and... that's actually another really good way of looking at it is that yeah. if you're not sure which one you want to do, if you run them in parallel, it will probably become quite clear which one is the better yield in terms of, you know, return on investment, either time or energy or, what, or money, whatever you want to get out from it. And it can allow you to kind of compare like for like um yeah to, to do to do that with some of the projects because i try to align things that i try to align two things that i thought could be aligned but actually when i tested it they couldn't and that wasn't the demand for for the alignment of the two so i picked one in the end and um yeah but that was a good lesson and i felt glad that i wound one up because i thought hey i'm a proper entrepreneur i failed at one business Woo! um and then i celebrated and actually that is a really good point about side projects is that it's it's kind of an easy way to fail in that I think if it's a side project rather than your main business, you're under less pressure for it to succeed, especially if you see it as a bit of an experiment or a test. And so I think more people probably have lots of failed side projects than main failed businesses, perhaps. That would be my hypothesis. I don't know. But I, for me personally, I would feel much happier to fail and also to share that failure of a side project versus if it was my main business that was failing and then I'd feel much more self-conscious and embarrassed about it and we talked about failure in the, one of our earlier podcast episodes um but it's kind of a way to fail you know that's what's I think fail easy, fail fail early and fail often that's one of the phrases I've heard from sort of startup kind yeah. of thoughts um and I think side projects allow you to do that and learn from failures in a way that you can probably then Make, make probably makes you a better business owner yeah definitely but that but that tension is there so let's talk about some of those katie because we identified in our meeting with the other freelancers the other day quite a few tensions uh, or quite a few things that were holding people back so we had a room for the brilliant people if i do say so myself uh, us and our well, friends yeah. um but really creative really uh, people running successfully running businesses they know what they want to do they have the skills to do it but then this begs the question well why haven't they done it yet and i think we can all give ourselves a bit of a kick in going oh i've had this idea for ages it's been sitting on the back burner for ages i've done tiny little things but why haven't i got off my bum and made this thing happen or why am i giving more time to 
to it but there is there there is a reason why we probably haven't got as far as we could so don't kick yourself if you've got a little side project going and you haven't got it off the ground there are some very good reasons why um time obviously is one Kate we talked about that didn't we the the lack of time people had so are there enough hours in the day to do what you do day to day maintain the relationship pay for your mortgage have a hobby have a life get some sleep and do your side project as well so time is a big one Katie what were some of the others that stuck out for you or what were some of your personal ones I suppose I think for for me one of the reasons it's taken me so long to get going on it and I feel like it is now kind of um what's the word um I'm gonna say trucking on but that's not the word there's a phrase, anyway. It's kind of ticking, ticking along. There, there go. you go. Ticking, not trucking on. It's ticking along. Um, but one of the things for me was just not not having too many options and being overwhelmed by choice. That was one of the things for me. Because as I said, it was it started off as five distinct things that I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, I don't know which one to do first. I don't know which one's best. I don't know which one I like best. I don't know which one would make most sense with people, etc., etc. And it was only when I actually had the revelation that I could combine them all together that they were actually linked. I mean, maybe it wasn't five. It might have been three or four. But that then made it much easier because as soon as I just had one choice, then I basically didn't have a choice anymore and I was able to just actually then get going on it. So I think for me, not knowing where to start and having too many options, um, I think as well, I think the worry that other people are already doing it and again, for obvious reasons, not wanting to reinvent the wheel, um, but also just worrying like a bit, a bit of imposter syndrome, but also just like, is there enough of this already? Like there are already people out there who are talking about these same topics and everything else. And I don't just want to be another another voice in that same echo chamber. I want it to be a bit different, but I do have that worry of, oh, am I just doing something that's already been done? Is there going to be the demand for it? I think that's another thing is that kind of worry or fear almost that you don't know, is it going to be successful? Is anyone actually going to be interested in this? Um, so I think that was one for me is that I, I, to be honest, I'd have probably done it even if literally no one ever read it because it was something I wanted to kind of write and process and think about and put out there. Um, but I think knowing if, if, if it's something where you need a big audience for it to be successful, then it's definitely a worry to know, do it kind of, I got that audience. Will it be successful? Um, so there's some personal ones. Um, Michelle, what about you? I think, I think time was one. So I think there's a little bit of the, something about the opportunity cost there. So I'm I'm doing stuff that earns money, brings money in. It's not really a money thing, but actually because the amount of time has been taken up doing that client f- facing work or income generating work, a lot of my time has been taken up. So that was one of the barriers. Well, where do I, do I take time out of that in order to do this other stuff when that doesn't generate money? And so the thing is, it's not like I need to take as, as much work or the reason I could cap the amount of work, but there's something I think internally with a lot of people, like it feels, I don't know, wasteful or it feels wrong somehow to say, no, I won't take on uh, income generating work to pursue my own 
passion because it's I don't know indulgent or it just doesn't seem to make any kind of logical yeah. sense because we're kind of ingrained that I, I should be earning more money and if you get a chance to earn more money why would you not earn more money uh, why would you d- turn down the opportunity to do paying work for something that just because it interests you which is, is powerful reason enough but I do do feel like that so there's then sometimes like oh no I'll dedicate a bit more time to client work or to generating more client work even though actually I financially I could probably accommodate that time wise I could balance both I'm, I'm not in a position where I need to so there's something internal I think sometimes people do either fear or this idea of what they should be doing with their time as opposed to what they would like to be doing with their time so time and energy a little bit as well if I'm honest um I could dedicate my spare time into doing this as well as working full-time but I don't want to so um, I quite like uh, walking with my wife twice over the weekend I quite like my weekends away and I think that making sure I take care of myself physical and mental well-being is important so I could dedicate that time to this I could find the time but the I don't know the opportunity cost of what I would have to give up in order to do it probably not prepared to do that I'm not prepared to run myself into the ground and work till late Mm. at night and uh, in order to to do that I just don't think that that's a sustainable uh, way to do things I'm happy to do it when I've got a deadline but to willing willfully choose to do that I think is a little bit harder so they're probably uh, that for me and the other one for me Kate is what you said too many options I've got, I've got so many ideas. I've got lots of ideas, lots of things I'd like to do, lots of things I could do. When I float with them by people, they're like, yeah, yeah, you should totally do that. And I'm like, yeah, I totally should. But then that's just, it's too overwhelming, isn't it? Where do you start? Where do you start? Which one do you go for first? Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting what you're saying about it being, seeming indulgent there as well. That's such a good word to describe it because yeah, it feels almost like, who am I to, to say that I don't even need to take on paying work? And it's not like, you know, I think I could probably speak for all of us freelancers to say none of us are earning mega bucks, and yet we're still wanting to do these kind of side projects where it's completely untested whether we'll get any income from it. Some of us aren't planning to make any money from it. Um, but I do think that's, I think it's part of the reason that we go freelancers to be able to do those things, is to be able to have that creative time and to be able to have those side projects but I totally know what you mean I think it is that kind of fear of other people judging you about that as well rather as as well as an internal kind of struggle I think it's worrying that other people say will say like oh you shouldn't be spending your time on that or oh no that will never work you know other people saying it can't be done I think can be a, a real challenge and I think a lot of people probably would have said that you know maybe when you were first starting your business and then you've made a success of your business and and so I think there will always be kind of naysayers and people who kind of don't I think there'll be people that don't get it I think that's going to be one of the challenges when you do a side project chances are it's probably something new and a bit different and the reason you're doing it is because there's a gap that you need to, that you've identified and that's actually that's one of the reasons we didn't really mention at the start as a big reason for side projects is that it, it's something you want to exist and it doesn't and so no one else is making it you have to make it yeah and so I think a lot of people might just not understand what you're trying to do and so it's really challenging to then keep going in the face of everyone going sure that that's the thing and sometimes you should probably listen to them but other times you know you need to trust yourself and give it a go and if you even if that means that yeah you they end up being right at least you tried it and you know now rather than just going off their opinions people especially people who aren't even freelance who are weighing in on it 
so i think that's but there are people who are who are freelance who still say things like you can't fight about the two fronts or you'll spread yourself too thin or um you'll dilute your niche or or this kind of thing or you know oh it's a distraction so yeah i but you're right katie sometimes those people are basing those comments on their experience well either their fears like you say they've never done it all their experience but they may have just executed it badly or managed it badly we might not be talking about the same things and like you say even if you try it and it doesn't go the way you wanted you've probably scratched an itch or you've learned something along the way i think yeah exactly and i think some of the other factors that are barriers to side projects um are a lack of knowledge i think sometimes so obviously you probably have knowledge about the subject matter that you're doing as, as your side project but you might not know how to actually implement it so for example one of the people in the group um, she was doing a project where she wanted to make kids t-shirts and uh, kids and adults t-shirts with really cool prints on them and she has the graphic design knowledge to design them but she doesn't know anything about the world of t-shirt manufacturing and printing and shipping and everything else so i think a lack of knowledge can be a barrier in that sense if there's it, it might be how to get the message out there it, maybe if you've not had to do much marketing for your current business you might not know how to market your your side project and so on so knowledge is one of them and i think linked to that as well is maybe not having the right connections so if you are trying to to kind of test an idea in a different industry to what you're in at the moment, you probably have connections relating to the subjects that you talk about already. But if you're if you're going down a completely different route, you might not have any connections in that industry. And so I think that's can be a real kind of frightening way to start because you're like, okay, well, how do I even get in with those people? How do I even start? How do I find the people that need this product or project or whatever? Um, so I think that can be a barrier. And then I think um, one of the other ones is money. Because again, if you're doing a project that needs a bit of an initial outlay, or if you're creating yeah. a physical product, there is a financial outlay associated with that. So I think if it's just, if it's just, you know, so my, my one, like there's a website cost for, associated with it. Yours, Michelle, there's the, the cost of the cards that you want to print. You know, um, one person was talking about a cookbook. Again, if that's a physical thing, there's a there's a financial outlay. So it's about how to manage that so that you're not ending up spending a ton of money on something that is isn't gonna work out. Um and then I think the the final one is maybe worrying that's that I think I sort of touched on this earlier, but you know, it, it's it's something that someone's already done. But I think one of the things that people were saying in the in the session and I've heard before is you don't have to be the first. You just have to do it better than other people or differently to other people. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, th these are all kind of barriers, things that we go through. But on the other hand, there is this this other side, which is, you know, the opportunity cost. So although there's a cost of, of doing these things, dedicating that time, that that resource, that energy, that money, there is also the cost of not doing something as well. And I think that came through as well, didn't it, Katie? This, you know, my one was, well, I'll kick myself if someone else did it first. And that's how we ended up talking about, you know, well, you don't have to be first, you just need to do it better. And that was quite nice to hear because it's like, yeah, even other people that do it, I think I could do it better or do it in a different way. Um, but yeah, but also the cost of not doing it, like in terms of uh, practically, if someone you know gets more established in a certain area than you do and that makes it harder for you to break into that market but also i suppose the personal cost of not doing it as well that feeling that you've yeah kicking yourself or that feeling that you've um 
let yourself down or that you do or just when you're just mad at yourself having not acted on something as well yeah especially if you then try and do it later and you feel that you've actually missed that window of opportunity where you could have you could have started a bit earlier I think that, that's you know that's the the, the one thing that I think I hear a lot of people saying, like, I wish I'd started doing X sooner. Um, you know, for me, it's growing my mailing list. I wish I'd actually started doing that earlier in my business. But because I was getting all my work through word of mouth, I didn't really sort of prioritise it. Whereas now I want to reach a wider audience for my training stuff. I wish I had that, new, you know, I wish I had a larger newsletter. And so there'll always be things where you think, oh, I wish I'd just started sooner. And because I'd just be more established by now. Um, and so, yeah, either because somebody else is doing it or just because you would then be further along the process, you know, by, by now. I was going to say, for, um, for those who um, are doing it to change direction in their career, I think how long are you going to stay with clients that aren't fulfilling or a career that's not fulfilling? Um, you know, if you're feeling that maybe what you're doing now has reached the end of its shelf life, the longer you allow that feeling to drag on, the harder it's going to be to change in future. And I think there's an impact on your energy levels and motivation if you don't start to make inroads or start to explore those other opportunities now. At least you could start putting the word out there and start exploring the idea with um, you know before you get to the point where you're fed up with what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So let's look at some practical things to do to overcome some of these barriers so that we can seize on those opportunities and keep our side projects moving forward. So I guess the first one we said was time and we're not gonna completely rehash this because we've literally talked about it in a lot of detail in uh, the most recent episodes. So if you want, if time is one of your issues, episode 48, not having enough hours in the day is a great one to listen to in terms of understanding where your time goes and how to well not manage your time because we said that actually time management isn't necessarily the best phrase to use um but but yeah i mean very quickly michelle if time is an issue what are some really quick tips that people can do to help with that yeah well katie i think the rocks and the jars thing we said this but this comes back to to knowing what is important to you like you've got a fixed amount of hours in the day so therefore in terms of time it's about really knowing what your priorities are and what's important really be really focused on which things are the top of your priority list and then making sure they go in the diary first and so Katie that's really connected I mean this is a common theme in this um in this podcast we've said it a million times so one of the things that we've said is to know your why isn't it to to know the purpose that you want to do something and I think that is huge because that will determine the amount of time that you're going to give to something so you um mentioned you know you recognize that the your side projects were all about your need for variety and I think like I say you could have put a hell of a lot of time into rebranding your business to meet that need but actually that wasn't what was needed it was to to scratch an itch about variety for your personal interests and one of the other freelancers we spoke to this week she wanted you know you mentioned Kate's uh, sort of t-shirts um and then we asked her that question, didn't we? We said to her, well, you've done these designs. You've got these T-shirts you want to create. What is the purpose of doing the T-shirts? Do you want to get into shipping and manufacturing? Or if those designs were out there and that product was out in the world with your design, 
would you be happy would that solve that for you and she said yes and so she could have gone down a whole route there of 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 physically making products she was talking storage you know um making connections getting to all these places when actually i think we'd established in the group some solutions whereby um she could still achieve the same goal but without having to do a fraction of that work so before you invest your time into something know exactly what it is that you want and what it is you hope to get off the back of it know your why would be my my my, my first one otherwise you can put a lot of energy into something which doesn't get you where you want to be yeah exactly i think linked to that is from a practical perspective work out what the smallest thing you can do is to actually get it out there in the world and get some feedback from it rather than keeping it all to yourself for ages and just kind of working on it and working on it for years and then only releasing it out into the world when it's kind of in quotes perfect um, I mean it's the, that, that's the minimum viable product or MVP approach and I've definitely mentioned that on previous podcasts but it just makes so much sense so rather than you spending ages on something where you've got no idea if there is that demand for it or like you say you know if there's ways of, of doing it to cut out that whole learning about manufacturing process what are the quick ways you can test your idea out see if there's a demand for it or just, just put it out there and then kind of leave it and move on to the next thing if, if it's the creative process and doing it that's the most important rather than actually making it into a massive brand or making loads of money from it then yeah what's the smallest easiest way you can do to get it out there um and what technology is there that can help you as well so in in the case of um the, the kind of t-shirt project one of the things that we that we talked about was there's a you know a site called i think it's redbubble where you can upload your designs and then people can order them on demand, printed onto all kinds of things, not just t-shirts, but cushion covers and mugs and and um, pencil cases and phone covers and all sorts of things. So actually, there's the potential for your designs to go even further than you'd already can already imagined, and they take care of all of that fulfillment stuff for you. So a lot of the time there might be already a, a kind of tech solution to working out how you can do it. Things like obviously kind of Kickstarter or things where you can do pre-orders to gauge the market, they're really helpful. If you're not sure what the demand is and you want to kind of get an idea of that, but you probably do need a bit of an audience first if you're going to launch in, in that way. Um, I think like what you were saying, Michelle, relating to the why is also what are your priorities in terms of the side project so what's the most important part of it for you and in relation to your other work where does it fit in as well so like it it's really easy to get to the point where the side project is always the last thing on your list and it always ends up getting cut because you've got a deadline that's unexpected or something so how work out kind of yeah where does it sit on that list because if it's always at the bottom then there is a case for saying well actually maybe it isn't the right time for it because if it's kind of not inspiring you enough or driving you enough to do it the rest of the time then you can either force yourself to do it so put it on your calendar schedule some time in to do it maybe find an accountability group or something to make you push it forward or go do you know what i'm going to just pause press pause on this for now this isn't the right time in my business i'm not saying never i'm just saying not now and i'll revisit it in three months when and see how i am now but if it is a priority for you then just make sure that you treat it as such and don't neglect it and think of you know try and kind of create 
habits and create ways to do it. So whether that's, okay, I on a Thursday afternoon, I always go to a co- this particular coffee shop and that's where I work on my side project. Or, okay, in the morning before I start my own work, I do half an hour on my side project every day. Whatever it is that works for you to kind of just keep it moving forwards. And I think for me, certainly with, with side projects, it's not about that kind of huge kind of time spent on it it's the gradual just keeping stuff moving it's a little bit every week keeping it moving forwards rather than a massive grand gesture towards it yeah Um, I don't know if that's the same for you Michelle I think yeah it is a little bit and I think also just know where your priorities uh, sit in relation to each other as well so if you've got lots of ideas about what to do which side project are you going to do first if you've got your brimming with business Mm -hmm. ideas I'd say pick one and they might be related, but it, it doesn't really matter. Or they might be not, but I'd say pick one first. So again, people who are quite creative or good at business, they tend to have three or four, five, ten ideas. I don't know. But you, you, you probably can't fight a battle on that many fronts. So I would just pick <laughs> pick one to go with to begin with and see which one you're drawn to and um, start off with that. And, and like you say, Katie, it's where they sit in relation to each other, but also it, where they sit in relation to other things. I mean, one of the things, one of the pieces of advice that has been given to me is well Michelle how much money do you actually need to earn how much work do you need to take right take that amount of work put that amount of work in the diary and then ring fence the rest of your time and like you say Katie that way you have got uh, half a day a day an hour here and there or a certain period of time each week or month where you know that you're going to that is dedicated to that time and you don't put anything else in I think the other the other thing that that does um, when you've got your priorities sorted you know where it sits alongside other things I think it takes the mental load off so I can have a certain amount of client work in which is great but then on days when I don't have that client work in I, I'm almost overwhelmed with things to do things to do with the home things that I could be doing for my business things that I could be doing for my side project so I think once you've got the thing you're going to work on allocate the time to it but also do a bit of planning and so sometimes uh, what I do or what I've done is I've sat down and done the planning for these things what I want um I've made a list I've, I've sort of set the priority list if you like Katie so that now when I sit down and I do have a window of opportunity to do those things I know what I'm going to work on and I know what I'm going to tackle first so I'm not sat there with a blank paper, piece of paper saying what shall I do today because if I do that I'll have things jump into my head um you've got to have the decision made first do you do some planning make your decisions about what you're going to work on and when so that when you've got that window of opportunity you can leap straight into doing and I would say just crack the first 10 minutes of the doing and once you've got your head in it you're more likely to stick with it and not be distracted and hopefully that will help with the with the guilt or the or or that wrestling with yourself if you've already decided in advance exactly what you're going to do yeah and I think it's we talked we talked about this last week uh, last episode as well but actually making sure that what is on your list at that point is actually a doable action like an achievable action so make sure it's something where you can okay if I if I have this time if I get to this, you know, if I get to Thursday morning, say, and I've got that time and I've got my list of things that I need to do, if I look at that list, I'm, have I got everything I need in place to actually make that happen? It's not something where you get there and it's kind of a bit amorphous and it's not clear what it is and you have to then go and find loads of other supporting information and then you get distracted because you've got in your email to find that that document that someone sent you. Get it, set yourself up, prepare yourself so that you can just work on that 
project and get and kind of you know break it down to really easy manageable tasks and go yep yeah, I can do that I can do that I can do that um like one of the things I found really helpful for me so what you know I'm, I'm trying to basically do six six articles every month and I'm trying to get it so that I've got a lot of them done in advance before I even launch it or at the very least mapped out and so that's you know if I wanted to do 36 posts that's quite a lot of pressure to say right okay I need to do 36 articles so instead I've just broken it down to say okay we you know this week what I need to do is I need to write down 36 I, I just the first week it was write down as many article titles as I could the second week was put them into categories and then try and establish a set of categories that would allow everything to fit in and then it was the next week it was like okay now plan out which ones could go in which week because I obviously want to have a variety of categories each or each month rather a variety of categories for each month and now I'm at the point where it's like okay I've got I've got my article titles for each month outlined I know what category they're in and now my now my, my thing is okay now write just five bullet points for a month for each article so so it's just that really gradual way of doing it and it's much less scary than write five blog posts and so I think if you can find ways to just break it down it makes it means you can so you can just have a half an hour slot like I do it on the train if I'm getting the train to Bangor it's half an hour and so I will just sit and work on it then and you don't need loads of time to make to move it forward if you're kind of chipping away at it every day or every week so yeah one um, of my list of, one of the things to do on one of my side projects following our meeting is just to talk to someone who has some information that i know and, and just even small things like talking to certain people or just putting the word out there they're easy to do they're quite quick so like you say katie those quick wins things that take 15 minutes half an hour to do just find those little windows of time and just aim for that first step and we've talked about that in our time time management as well Yes, and I think that's a really good point because that links to another thing that you can do to help is ask other people for support. And that was something that came out of it for me when we were talking about side projects because I was talking about freelance folk and everyone in the group is a member, you know, part of the freelance folk community. And they all said, yeah, we find it really weird that you don't ask us for more help. And I was like, oh, I didn't want to because I was really worried about burdening you all and I didn't want it to be like an obligation for you guys. And they were like, no, no, we want to help. You know, ask us to retweet stuff. Ask, to, ask us to take on more responsibility. We want to make this a success. So that, that was really, really nice to hear and also made me feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not alone in this. I have got a support network. And I think a lot of people want you to succeed. And so ask, them for help and actually what the I, so so then I started chatting to say like okay what how do you want to help but then the feedback was actually what's most useful is if I had a wish list of things that I'd like to get done then they can sign up to the things that they want to do so sometimes you know going to somebody open-ended and saying oh can you help me is less effective than saying okay here are five things that I would like some help with which one of those can you help me with for example and it was really it was really interesting as well the amount of times that other people in the room had the answer or the amount of the other times the other people in the room had something that could help i think for one of my sub projects i might need a graphic designer there was one in the room for someone else was like yeah i think i probably need some coaching to sort out my priorities someone else you know just needed uh something really straightforward and so the amount of times that other people in the room could help so part of it is talking about it and you mentioned before katie it's not waiting until you know all the answers sometimes you can go to people with problems and 
just tell them what the dilemma is. You don't have to go with a, a totally polished uh, or fully completed, fully formed idea. And I think just putting the idea out there to people, whether it's on online groups or face to face groups, just telling them almost like a stream of consciousness what you're thinking. I think that can sometimes just help. Yeah, that's what I found actually with my side project, which, which doesn't have a name yet, which is why I just keep referring to it as the side project. Um, but I put a post on Instagram and I basically, I'd, I was trying to get clear on what it was and what I wanted it to do and who my audience were and, and like kind of what its purpose was. And so I wrote this kind of manifesto for it. Um, and I put that on Instagram and that was really helpful because then I got people going, oh, this sounds amazing. And I had one person go, oh, this sounds like exactly what I'm trying to do with my project as well. And actually I'm just doing a podcast and do you want to be on the guest on the podcast? And they were, you know, I've got people excited about it and, and also who want to write guest articles for it, which is what I want before it's even launched. So that was really helpful, just kind of putting it out there, even though it doesn't have a name yet, it's not live, there's no website, I don't have an Instagram account, it literally doesn't exist on the internet, apart from this one post on Instagram, but just that's allowing people to start talking about it and start getting involved before it's even ready. So I definitely found that really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And then with that as well, Katie, I think, um asking for support but also checking with people as well so the the session that we did the other day i think we said we're going to do another one and then we talked about blocking out some time where we collectively worked together on our side projects didn't we to sort of keep that momentum going yeah yeah exactly yeah so because i think that's we all find that with the best will in the world life happens and you don't always necessarily have that kind of uns- that, that sort of structured focus time to work on it so I think yeah we, we, we all said we'll have a side project day where we can work on it but also with the other people to, to, to bounce ideas off and to show ideas too I think that's part of it the reason why it works doing that as well it's not just the accountability side of it it's the feedback and input and different perspectives element of it as well so yeah yeah, it's been really useful having that group so that could be another thing if you know if you know other people that are doing side projects too then can you reach out to them and say hey do you guys want to just get together and it doesn't need very many I'd say two or three people would be enough to start the ball rolling we had six which was a good number i probably wouldn't have gone more than six either it was good for, it was uh, good for ideas just, i think but probably not if you were trying to get to solutions or bounce you know bigger ideas off or workshop something that would probably mm. be too many i think wouldn't it yeah so i think yeah between yeah between i mean it just needs one other person really to bounce ideas off but then you can help each other and get an external perspective which is really helpful yeah and i think um, and, so did go on no, I was just going to ask you if you had any more tips. I think I think the last one, Katie, for me is is we, we, this came up uh, um, with a lot of people, but uh, I know this has happened to me in the past as well. If in doubt and you don't know where to start, we had someone in the group who had quite a, a good idea but wasn't entirely sure what that thing would look like. I think quite a few of us in the room said that the solution to, to getting moving with your side projects can be found in two words, which is just start. If you don't know where if you, if you don't know where to start, just start. It's a thing, and I don't know what it looks like. Well, one of my things I physically I wanted to create. I literally just got a biro and made it on a piece of paper and folded it up and showed someone and said, "If you had this, would this be good?" Um, I, I've one of my side projects. I um, someone said they needed help, and I think one of my side projects was going to be would be a solution to that dilemma. So literally, when I saw that in one of our group on our WhatsApp group, I said, "Hey, we should." book some time in the diary I've got a thing that I'm going to do and I think it would help you I haven't actually started it yet but shall we put some time in we put time in the diary and I, I 
practiced on that one person and I didn't even know what it was that I was offering it wasn't a product or service so if you don't know where to start just start if the thing that you start with is rubbish or um, it's not quite right then you'll get the feedback and you'll learn really really quickly but if in doubt it's better to start and fail at something like Kate said fail fast learn faster it's better to start somewhere than to not start at all and always be wondering where you should go Exactly, exactly. Well, I feel like you might have answered this question already, but Michelle, obviously at the end of each episode, we always ask each other, what's the kind of one thing, if you have to recommend one tip or one one approach to, to somebody who's struggling to find time or space for their side projects, what would it be? Uh, would yours be just to start? Um, if Even in the, in the absence of anything else, I'd say just start. I'd also probably start with your why though. I would do some, I'm a coach, so I would say that, but I'd do some reflection and planning about what you want and why. But if you can't, but I also know that when someone says, oh, what's your why? That's a pretty big question and you can't always answer it so if you if that feels too big and you don't know why then it would be just start so that's kind of two and sorry for the cop out but yeah um either either (laughs) either know your why or if you can't find your why just start somewhere it will come to you eventually yeah okay yeah mine would be similar and it would in it in that it would be just break it down and break it down into the sort of smallest chunk that can actually make you feel like you're making progress and you can tick something off a list um because then psychologically you feel like, yeah, I'm doing this. So mine would be, yeah, what's the what's the little baby step or the easy win that you could take to make you feel like you're actually doing something to move it forward? That would be mine. Yeah, you'll soon um, get a bit of momentum when you start doing that. I think it's a good one. Exactly. So as always, we would love to hear what your side projects are actually yes. and any tips that you have for dealing with them. Because what I find fascinating is how how varied the side projects were and how some were to do with the people's main business, but how some were completely separate. So we want to hear your side projects. Get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at 99problemscast. So the number 99 problems and then cast as in podcast. So you can tag us in there and let us know what you're finding. We're also going to be creating a website which will have show notes and links to the things that we've talked about and a summary of what we've talked about. And then you can browse all the different episodes. We'll be showing you what episodes are the most relevant to the one you just listened to, for example. So that is coming. I guess that is another side project for us, Michelle, is this podcast, actually, which we haven't really referenced because that would just be a little bit too meta. Yes. Um, but yeah, like it's it's coming. So if you do then have any, uh, any questions, you'll be able to refer back to the website as well. Um, but obviously, if you want to keep hearing our episodes as soon as we launch them, please do subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And... Other than that, we will see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One.